Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you and about you. Those who work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now. If you're lucky, the market smiles on you just right. But you want that prosperity now so you can live that life as you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, it's about living a life of purpose and meaning because it's not just about being rich, but having a rich life. Because as you are blessed financially, you can have a greater impact in the lives of others. Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in, for binging and allowing me to create that ripple effect through you. As always, reminder, go check out our website, moneyripples.com, especially if you're saying, how do I create more passive income today? Go check out our passive income calculator there and use that and see where you could actually be creating passive income in the next 12 months. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education, and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So I've got a special repeat guest that we had on. Uh, we had him on about a little over a year ago. We're bringing him back on today because he's got some more good value for you. Uh, so if you recall, if you've been listening this long enough, uh, Paul Moore, right? Now, Paul, uh, for those of you that don't know him, he had a brief stint at Ford Motor Company. Uh, he co-founded a staffing firm where he was a two-time finalist for Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year. Now, after selling it to a, a firm, yeah, he started investing in real estate, and he founded multiple investment streams, um, investment companies and development companies. He appeared on HGTV, has done over 100 commercial and residential investment deals, and so forth. Uh, he's also contributed to Fox Business, the Real Estate Guys Radio, and is a regular contributor to Bigger Pockets, who actually just helped him release his new book, Storing Up Profits, Capitalizing America's Obsession with Stuff, that just came out about investing in self-storage, which we're going to talk about today. So, Paul, welcome back to our show. Hey, Chris. It's really an honor to be here. Thank you. Hey. Well, it's been great. It's always good to have you on. It's, it's always great when I get to see you face-to-face -face and, and even virtually too, right? Yeah, you bet. Really enjoy being in the collective genius with you, and uh, it's great to see you here too. Absolutely. Well, give us an update. In the last year and a half, what's what's been happening to you? Yeah, so we, you know, COVID hit uh, mm -hmm. the last week, you know, really hit the headlines, I think, and the stock market the last week of February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's the week we rolled out our new fund, which was the most ambitious fund we've had yet, investing uh -huh. in self-storage mobile home parks. And yeah. uh, at any rate, um, while the stock market was tanking, we were able to actually do fine. And if we can re all remember back what that was like, what all the uncertainty, what was going to happen? Mm -hmm. Was the, was I going to die? You know, all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, looking back, uh, who would have ever thought that 
self-storage would become, you know, the darling of commercial real estate and, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, others have said it's the best uh, emerging asset class in real estate since yeah. uh, COVID. And so um, I, I'm actually now glad that the book was delayed for a year and a half because it just came out right when that head, those headlines were being made this year. Yeah, there are no accidents, are there? Things, everything That's happens right. for a reason. Definitely providential. Yeah. Well, within your own business, tell us like what happened with your self-storage? Because obviously that's stuff that you invest in. Um, what, what happened with your funds? Yeah. So our company, um, what we do is we're trying to be uh, use the Warren Buffett model of mm -hmm. finding the best operators with the best businesses and investing heavily with them. Yeah. And so we've got uh, in our last fund that we closed recently, which was our uh, fourth fund, we had um, seven operators. I believe we had about 180 total assets. That includes all the self-storage facilities, all the mobile home parks, and uh, one apartment and one light industrial in there. Yeah. And um, we've just been really thrilled. You know, I, you know, I love Howard Marks, and he talks mm -hmm. about you know not investing, not overpaying at least near the yeah. top of the market. And there are ways that that could be a, that could really, it's going to bite people, I think, unless inflation outpaces the potential downturn and interest rates, you know, stay low. Unless that happens, there's going to be people who have been overpaying by 10, 20, 30% on some assets mm -hmm. whose investors could get burned. Yeah. But there's a way around that. And we are working with operators who are finding these value opportunities, sort of a mm -hmm. Benjamin Graham Warren Buffett mindset, you know, of finding value uh, where others don't see it. And so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for operators who are experts at spotting and extracting intrinsic value. And so because of that, we've had, uh, I mean, let, let's be honest, everybody's had, almost everybody's had fabulous results in mm -hmm. the last decade, but we're especially pleased with the results we've been getting. Absolutely. Well, let's dig deeper because we, we get a lot of people on the show that will bring up about different syndicated offers they have. And they'll talk about value add, right? Which uh, definitely, you know, is music to my ears too. Um, when they, when people say value add, what, what, how do you describe that? Like, how would you interpret that for people? Yeah. So value add would be uh, finding an asset that has a something missing or something that can be added. Uh, or intrinsic value that can be extracted, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what we find is that, I mean, I was, I wrote a book about apartments that was humbly titled The Perfect Investment. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, you know, we found out that the perfect investment wasn't perfect if you can't find deals that have a lot of value add or that are, you know, perhaps overpriced. Yeah. And so we found that the opportunities to, uh, invest in apartments were very uh, slim and all the mm -hmm. apartment investors I know feel that way, but yeah, mobile home parks and self-storage have a lot of mom and pop uh, sellers, a lot of mom and pop owners who don't have the desire, the resources, or the knowledge to improve their assets to increase income and maximize shareholder value. Well, right. they don't need to, let's be honest. Cap rates have compressed so much that they've already perhaps doubled the value of their facilities. And to be real blunt, some of them are mediocre, just like they were five or 10 years ago, but their wealth has doubled. 
And so they can, these assets can be acquired and a, an expert, a skilled operator can go in and add lots and lots of value and really significantly increase investors' returns. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of people that are not in, haven't been in the real estate game for a long time, right? And they and they keep hearing, you know, thinking that there's going to be this, like, uh, almost like this echo of 2007, 2008 when prices started tanking. Um, but it's different with commercial. You know, for example, single family homes. People think, oh, I don't want to pay too much for that property. But even when I look at a single family home, I don't care about what the the cost of it is as much. Although I do care a little bit, right? I don't want to overbuy or overpay for that price but I care more about the cash flow, the profit coming from it. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about too, is that there's some deals out there that you can get for a decent price because when it comes to commercial, it's not valued based on what market values are. It's based right. on the profit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's what we love about commercial real estate residential. You know, if you pay for a house, let's say you buy a house to flip and you put too much into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might put 200,000 into the purchase and another 100,000 into the, uh, you know, the, the value adds, if you will, if, yeah. if, if you're in a, you got 300,000 in this and you want to make a profit, but you're in a $200,000 neighborhood, you're probably going to be in trouble because yeah. residential real estate's based on comps. Commercial right. real estate is based on math. Yep. And that math is that the value is the net operating income divided by the rate of return or the cap rate. And um, so you can actually control at least the numerator in that equation, the net operating income to some degree. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what the market is saying in general, as far as comps, I mean, your, your math can actually give you a much higher appraisal. And I've got lots, you know, you know I've got lots of examples of this in self-storage. When I first heard value add applied to self-storage, I think I laughed out loud because I'm thinking, <laughs> What? I mean, apartments have flooring and lighting and countertops mm -hmm. and cabinets and appliances and dog parks and self-storage though. Was it a garage door? Of, yeah. Four pieces of sheet metal, uh, uh -huh. some rivets, a floor and a door. Yeah. But who knew that there would probably, you know, I believe there are more opportunities to add value in self-storage than I ever dreamed of in, in multifamily, at least at this time. And so I've got some examples of that if you have time to go into it, but I do want to make that statement regarding value add. Yeah. Well, I, I think of two previous guests we've had on the show, we've had Fernando Angelucci, right? Yeah. And then we've had Scott Myers on a few times too. Um, and when we were at our last mastermind recently, you know, they talked about how Fernando actually sold, you know, he bought a, a nice, you know, value add type place, got it, you know, got it to the point where he was able to sell it for double. He was able to get a hundred, no, not double. I should say he got a hundred percent return yeah. on his investor's money, right. Within right. about a year or so yeah. sold it to Scott Myers and then Scott yeah. Myers sold it to his investors because there was good cash flow. There was still some more value that he could do to improve right. that and keep some good profits coming in, yeah. um, which you think about that. That's not something you normally do with a typical real estate property. I mean, maybe there's like a fix and flip type of scenario, but that wasn't the case at all. It was all about, like you said, it was about the math, about the numbers. Right. Yeah, it, it really is. <clears throat> it really is amazing. I mean, here's an example, just real quick. Yeah. So you could buy a self-storage facility for, let's say, $2 million. And let's say that was $1.2 million in debt. Mm -hmm. And let's so that's 60%. And then 40% leverage would be $800,000 in cash. Yeah. Now, you could sign a contract with U-Haul the first day you own it and you can start putting U-Haul trucks out front, you might have to get an extra laptop 
and you know your your employee is already there managing the place anyway, and they might have to sweep it out. You know the the U hauls that is. Yeah. But you can add something like between one and five thousand to your monthly revenue. Now let's do the math on that. Let's say mm -hmm. that all goes to the bottom line for this example. Let's say it's three thousand dollars. Now three thousand dollars out of the bottom line. That's thirty six thousand a year. Remember our formula, the NOI, net operating income divided by cap rate, let's call it 6%. Yeah. Uh, 36,000 divided by 0 0.06 is 600,000 added to the value of the facility. Wait a minute, I only got 800,000 in cash in it. I just added, you know, another a 75% equity bump for yeah. my investors without adding any capital, without any expense out of pocket, without building any new buildings, 75% ROI. And that's not counting all the other things we can do, like adding a showroom with locks, boxes, tape, and scissors, adding yep. insurance and late fees, um, you know, add some, you know, boat and RV storage, which is a huge opportunity, yep. adding paid billboards, ATMs, cell towers, cell towers. so yep. many things you could do. Yeah, we actually just had somebody on our show a few years ago talking about the cell towers you can put on and self-storage is a perfect place to do that. And it really is. I mean, there's so many ways to generate revenue from something like you said, a mom and pop might just be looking at the storage unit itself, right. not realizing how much more potential there could be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, on that topic, tell us more about Storing Up Profits, your book that can't, got released here by Bigger Pockets. Yeah. Um, so the the book, so when I decided I wanted to dive into self-storage a number of years ago, I started looking around for books and I wasn't able to find very many books on Amazon that really covered self-storage very well. I had some, there was a niche book that was really good. Uh, that was just about marketing your self-storage facility, but really there was very few, you know, pop books, if you will, on giving an overview on how somebody could actively or passively invest in self-storage or actually start being an operator. So I decided to do it. So the first third of the book is about the overview of the self-storage industry. You know, why we love self-storage. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's 53,000 self-storage facilities in the U.S. That's like same huh. as Subway, Starbucks, and McDonald's combined. But yeah. half of those are owned by mom and pops with potential of value add. Uh, the middle part of the book is four strategies to build your self-storage empire. These would be, you know, like buying either a value add mm -hmm. or converting an old Sears or Toys R Us building or Kmart building. Yeah. Uh, a third one would be just buying a cash flowing asset like Scott bought from Fernando. Mm -hmm. Or the fourth one would be a ground up development. So those are four strategies. And then the last third of the book is seven different paths to enter the self-storage business. So those hmm. seven paths actually apply to anybody who wants to get into commercial real estate. So it could be being a deal finder mm -hmm. or a capital raiser or a property manager or being a passive investor or finding a mentor like Scott Myers. Those are different yeah. paths that people should consider as they jump in. Oh, that's fantastic. So who would you recommend reads this book? It sounds like there's a lot of people who could fit this, this category. Everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, if you're curious about getting into commercial real estate, I think mm -hmm. the seven paths are really helpful. Um, yeah. If you think that you want to get an understanding before you go out and start vetting operators that you might want to invest with, uh, yeah. I think the book would be helpful to give you a nice overview of the industry. 
And so you know, at least know what questions to ask when you're saying, yeah. well, is this a good deal or not? They all sound great, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think Brian Burke's book's probably better for syndicating, for, you know, vetting syndicators, like really mm. diving in. It's called the hands-off investor. Yeah. But if you think you want to do self-storage and you think you want to vet operators, that pair of books, both from Bigger Pockets, would be really helpful. Awesome. I love it. Now, if anybody wanted to get your book, how would they go about doing that? Well, if they go to Bigger Pockets, they're going to get four bonus items that are really valuable. One's Ooh. a very detailed overview of how we were able to take a, uh, I, our operator was able to take an $11 million self-storage facility in Colorado Springs and do some value adds and in two years, get it up to a $22 million value. But there's other really valuable bonuses. That's at biggerpockets.com slash storage. And if you don't care about the bonuses or you want to get the book more easily and quickly, you can go to Amazon. There's always Amazon, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're always around. They're always That's there. That's great. Well, we'll put that in the show notes, definitely with biggerpockets.com forward slash storage so that people can have that there as well. And, and if anybody wanted to get to know you and what you do, because I know you've got several projects you want, you even got your own show that you're doing. Uh, how would people, people best follow you personally, Paul? Yeah, they could come to wellingscapital.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S capital.com. And then if they'd like to get a free report on self-storage or mobile home parks or just getting into commercial real estate or investing in it in general, they could go to wellingscapital.com slash resources. Beautiful. Love it. Well, Paul, again, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, so much so much good, good information here, but it, again, it just gets me excited every time I, you know, we, we talk and I especially hear about what's, what's possible and uh, I love hearing about your fund and the fact that you guys have definitely actually thrived since 2020, thanks to 2020 in some ways. So, uh, so good to hear that. So everybody will, again, put this information that's shown us, you can check them out. Uh, but Paul, thank you for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And then all the rest of you, you know, again, it's, you can listen to these podcasts over and over. But when your life really starts to change is when you start to actually do something about it, take action, make it work in your life, especially when you do it wisely. So guys, make it a wonderful and prosperous week. And we'll see you later. Hey! Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.